You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Ari's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. Welcome to podcast number 62. I am your host, Reality Steve, and this is the Reality Steve podcast. Bet you didn't know that. As my voice just cracks, one of my Peter Brady. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We got a good guest for you this week. It's been a year since we've had her on, so we will get to her momentarily. Uh, I will say, want to say a couple things. First off, as always, rate, subscribe, review in, in Apple Podcasts. Some of you have actually emailed me and said, how do you do this? Because, and trust me, I agree with you. They don't make it easy to do. You just have to, if you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts is already an app that's on your phone. It's a purple button. Click on it. Do a search, Reality Steve Podcast. Once you get to that podcast, you just got to kind of scroll down a little bit and you'll see the stars on there. That's you pick which star you want, which is obviously a five. And then uh, it'll say write a review and then you can write a review and do that. So again, if you could do that, it would be uh, much appreciated. Obviously, this has been a big week on the site because of the news that I posted Tuesday and this podcast uh, with the Possessionista Dana Weiss is going to cover pretty much all that. That's all we're going to talk about this week since it is the number one story on the site. And I just wanted to get someone on to talk about it and look at it from different angles, from Lauren's angle. If you're Lauren, if you're Becca, if you're Ari, like how everything, I just wanted someone else's opinion. And um, there were a couple things that Dana said that made me think and made me look at it possibly uh, a different way, but uh, you'll get to, you'll get to hear that momentarily. And, um, Obviously, the reaction since the post was put up on Tuesday has been, you know, a lot of shock and awe. And when the when I mentioned last Wednesday about, hey, there's vans in front of Lauren's house, there's a picture of it. Obviously, some people had this already in their mind that this was what it could be. Um, some people thought it was maybe Lauren filming her intro video for Bachelorette. But there were people out there that was like, does he pull a Mesnick? And and whatnot. But then to actually hear it and read through it and see it. And I know I was very long winded because I wanted to cover as many bases as possible since I knew what questions were coming and what some of the retorts and the defending of Ari would be like when I have news like this, something that hasn't happened in the franchise in nine years, I'm not going to write a one paragraph recap of <laughs> did you really want me to go on there and say, hey, everyone, Ari ended his engagement with Becca. He's now dating Lauren. See ya. Like, of course not. I wanted to hit on every single possible topic that this surrounds everything leading up to it, what I knew leading up to it, and then post what it happened and anything that I could find out. And knowing that some of the questions were coming, well, how do you know this is true? Or is it possible that you were wrong from the beginning that maybe he's been engaged to Lauren the whole time? And I just wanted to do address everything. And I, 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 Tried to do that as best as I could. I know I can be long-winded, but on a situation like this and a controversy like this, I, I'm not going to write a one-page column. It's just, 
it's impossible. I'm going to give you my opinions. I'm going to give you the facts and I'm going to, you know, throw some assumptions in there of stuff that I don't know in terms of how is it going to play out on the after the final rose. I don't really know for sure. I assume we're going to get footage of when he broke up with Becca and the footage of when he went to Virginia to talk to Lauren and her parents. So I'd say that's a fairly good assumption based on the knowledge that I have, but could it change? Sure. I I just, I don't know how they're going to air their show. So uh, we're going to break that all down with Dana in just a bit, but again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, It's been a lot of fun uh, doing this and we've got some really good guests coming up on in the future in the next few weeks um, that I think you'll really like. And, but for this one podcast, number 62, let's just get to it. Oh, one other thing. Uh, in the first 20 minutes or so of this interview, Dana's phone was kind of going in and out and it was on FaceTime audio and I don't know what was going on. So I had to condense all the dead spots. There would be like five or six seconds of dead air. And then all of a sudden her phone would pick back up and she'd be in the middle of an answer or at the end of an answer. So I just cut those dead airs out. I didn't want after 20 minutes, I was like, okay, this is getting too ridiculous. I didn't want to go back and re-record with her those first 20 minutes that we did. So at around the 20 minute mark, I called her back and you'll hear it in the podcast. And we did it from a better phone line and there were no audio issues that I remember for the last 25 minutes of the podcast. So just wanted to let you know about that. Okay, let's get to our guest. Uh, it's been almost a year since we had her on. Her name is Dana Weiss, but you all know her best as the Possessionista. Dana, how are you? I'm good. Long time no talk. Yes, I know. It's been, I think we're right around about a year. Maybe you came on last February. I'm not sure. I think but, that's um, right. I think that's right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it just, we obviously, I wanted to bring you back at some point. I knew I was going to bring you back and kind of talk to you and just kind of go over things, especially. In, what a day. <laughs> what a day to be brought back. In, in light of the news, we are recording this uh, a few hours after I posted the spoiler of what has happened post-show. So let's get right into it. Ari, Becca, Lauren, we've got a Mesnick situation. What was your reaction when you heard the news? Well, my first reaction was, who's Lauren? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's really flying under the radar. I just, I, I didn't want to be spoiled, to be perfectly honest with you. And it was only that I knew you had this giant announcement, so I went back and looked. But up until that point, I really thought it was like between little Becca and Tia the whole time. So the idea that, number one, Lauren is one of the final two, and number two, this is Ultimately, he breaks off his engagement and ends up with her. I, I feel like I have to go back and rewatch the season <laughs> with like a Lauren bet now because I don't know anything about her. Well, you won't have to do that because Lauren has been a ghost for four episodes. She doesn't get her first one on one until another two episodes. So you're not going to get much if you go back and look. She's not in the first two episodes basically at all. And then in the third episode, um, last week, what did she do? Um, he made out with her during the after party of a group date. Right. It was like the first time he had kissed her and she was very excited. Yeah. I remember the only reason I knew who she was was because she was the only Lauren left, like yes. the only actual Lauren. I've been referring to them all as Lauren this season, <laughs> but she's, I, I will tell you that after I read your 
uh, your column today, I went back and watched the show because I recap it for myself for Possessionista. And I, knowing now his feelings towards Lauren, there are certain things you see him do. Like he pulls her aside first on the group date. And he says to her, I have to take you out on a date. So obviously I'm watching this with 20, uh, 2020 vision, but mm-hmm. there are certain little indications that he's interested in her that I would not have picked up on. Had you not. Are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. It cut, it cut, it cut out no. at the end of your sentence, but um, did you know? So you didn't even know before today that Becca was the winner. No, I thought it was going to be young Becca. We know he has a penchant for younger ladies. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be young Becca and Tia. That's that's who I would have put as my final two. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, Becca does go far. The other Becca, the young Becca, pixie Becca, whatever you want to call her. She goes far. And she, I mean, she gets eliminated right before hometowns. And Tia does make final four. So you weren't far off. I, I think in, in looking at it and everything that happened, there were four Lawrence when we started this season. One Lauren went home episode one. One went home episode two. The Lauren Schleier got sent home episode three during her one-on-one date. That was cringeworthy. And then obviously this is the only Lauren left. So in terms of going back, I wouldn't necessarily say you need to go back and rewatch everything because you're just not going to get a lot out of the current Lauren that's left. Uh, but you did. He did pull her aside on the group date and say, I want a date with you, which doesn't happen next week. It happens the week after. So uh, there's that. Um, I want to look at it, though, from Lauren's side, first off. I want to put. I want you to put yourself in Lauren's shoes, okay, somehow. He contacts you after filming, um, assuming to feel things out, check on how you are, and then... Again, assuming he told her how he was feeling, like confused, conflicted. This has been really hard on me. What do you say if you're Lauren in that situation? God, I want to say that I'm going to tell they have lived in this bubble and it's, you know, these super intense feelings. And she's definitely, I, I think that if you talk to anybody who gets to the final two on this show, they really do believe in the moment, in the bubble, that they are in love with this person. So I don't you think this is every final two's like dream come true is to have the person go home and say, oh my God, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I, I don't know how she doesn't give him another chance. That's certainly a way to think about it. Sure. Uh, I think there's you know, a... She, think, think she there's, hasn't been out in the real world for a long time. Yeah, and since she's been home for these two months, it's not like, you know, whatever. She's partied it up or done anything to put herself out there in dating world. I'm sure she was, like you said, she's been in a bubble for two months. She gets thrown out of this bubble, and all of a sudden she's got to resume her life. And, yeah, I'm sure the final two girl has wondered... You know, God, what what happened? What did I do wrong? What did I say? Um, and here's the other part that I always think about with this show. The final two person can't tell anybody, right? I mean, yeah. nobody can, but the final two people cannot tell anybody. So here she is holding this secret from her family, from her friends, that basically I'm the loser. I'm the one that gets dumped. So what a what a great feeling for her to be like oh wait 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 the show the game the competition because we all know it's a game 
is not over and I'm actually the winner. Like for her to now sort of be the winner has to be a huge ego boost, right? Sure. How does it not? However, once he does contact you, if you're Lauren, do you immediately say, look, what does Becca know about this? Because that's the thing I don't know at this point other than I think I know based on the rumblings that I heard. Becca is well aware. It's not like he was talking to Lauren behind Becca's back while they were still engaged. He, I think he's somehow at some point during his talks with Becca, his visits with her, he made it known that there he was internally struggling with this and didn't know if he made the right decision, whatever the case may be. So it's not like he went to Lauren and was talking to her for two or three weeks behind Becca's back. I, I don't think that was the case. However, if you are Lauren, do you immediately say, look, what does Becca know about this? I, I think the answer is I don't know because we haven't seen enough of Lauren to know what her relationship is with Becca. It, as far as they're concerned, they're always going to be in competition ends. It's if you look back in the history of The Bachelor, Prince Lorenzo picked whoever he did, but when they broke up, he went out again with Sadie Murray. And I don't think yeah. Sadie Murray called to get permission. I mean, when you think back to that epic episode with Mesnick when he breaks up with Melissa in the after the rose or whatever it was called in nineteen oh two when that happened. Um Melissa pretends to be like shocked, but Jason says, you already knew this. We had talked about this. So I don't think there's any, I, I don't think anything happens in the bachelor world in secret. I think that everybody knew the dynamics of this relationship and maybe Lauren didn't ask Becca for permission, but it's always been a competition. Yeah. And Ari's the one that made the call. It's not like she was hitting him up and he's just like, hey, what do you what do you want? What do you got for me? Ari was the one that hit her up and, you know, talked on and off for a couple of weeks. Then finally, you know, made this decision about a week and a half ago, roughly, to pull the trigger and just end it with Becca. And, you know, you go to Lauren's house, you go and see her family. Um, I'm assuming that's why this took place in Virginia with her family was that he had to convince that family that it's a pretty big deal to say, Hey, two months ago I dumped your daughter and I proposed to somebody else, but now I want your daughter. If he just would have done that with Lauren by himself, I don't think it's like he had to do it with the parents, you know? Right. And I don't know what the contract stipulates. You know, does ABC say you're contractually obligated to stay engaged for this amount of time? Because obviously, well, obviously not. Thing, well, but, you know, how was this facilitated? Ari didn't on his own say, hey, let's bring over two ABC vans and let's film this in Virginia. ABC oh. had to buy in on this, too, is what I'm saying. And so. How many couples have broken up and pretended to stay together for X amount of time to protect the Bachelor brand? I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm speculating. I don't have any background. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. Your phone cut out again real quick at the end there. Oh, I'm I sorry. I don't know what's I'm going sorry. on. Um, but I think what happens is obviously them showing up in Virginia with vans and film crew, uh, that, that was not 
completely, you know, surprise. Hey, we're here. I, I got, I got a surprise to tell you. I dumped Becca. I want you like, obviously it was all done. Uh, obviously Ari is talking to producers pretty much at all times. I'm sure he told them, look, I'm struggling here. What should I do? You know, the conspiracy theories have already started today that, oh, this was all a setup and, um, you know, it's it's scripted. It's just like, I don't I don't know what you mean by this is scripted. I mean, he obviously liked Becca enough in Peru two months ago to propose to her after her ex-boyfriend shows up and proposes to her and she says no, which we'll get to in a second. But um, I think her and, and Ari, they did see each other, you know, quite a few times, three or four times since filming ended in November. <laughs> They, they have spoken to each other, and obviously she was probably aware, and then he finally dropped the ball. But I don't think that Ari breaks up with Becca not knowing anything about what was potentially in the future with Lauren. I think he had to have some sort of assurances that, I think you're right. that, she, was, that. that she was on board, that she would at least give him a chance. Because yeah, I don't think he's going to do this really super public break and he probably the road has already been paved for him yeah i i really i really don't know exactly what his deal is and why he decided to go this route obviously i know he had strong feelings for lauren at the end he did tell her he loved her after he dumped her which is kind of bizarre but you know whatever i mean the show we've seen it before you know ben higgins told two women that he loved them um but Ari told his girl after he, after he dumped her and after he was sending her away in the limo. So great timing guys. And which, yeah. Which brings timing. me to my point about Ari and this ex-boyfriend that showed up in Peru the day of the final rose ceremony, which was obviously all manufactured by producers to bring some drama into this season. But there's a part of me that does think that if Ari was very conflicted that final day, Something about an ex-boyfriend showing up and just the ego involved and, mm-hmm. hey, I, I'm I'm the one for her, not you, dude. And maybe that was the reason he proposed to Becca on that final day and not Lauren? I mean, I could definitely see that tipping the scales. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think a lot of this season has been about Ari trying to prove that his he is not the reputation that he carries, you know, pretending to be conflicted about a woman who is 14 years, his junior, you know, it's sort of in light of the rumors that he loves to date young women. It just seems like he's constantly trying to prove like, Hey, I'm a good guy. Hey, I'm a nice guy. And to have a girl, have a woman's ex-boyfriend show up and propose and have her say no, and then dump again, would sort of, like, give him that bad reputation. I could definitely see that being sort of the thing that tipped the scales in Becca's favor as opposed to his feelings. Yeah, and I think that there is a possibility. Like I said, we don't know enough about Lauren at all, at least through four episodes. Like, we barely know anything. I mean, it's essentially, we we don't. We don't know anything about her. Um, she was previously engaged. Uh, she broke it off in... December of 2016, she was set to be married two months before she left for filming, but she had broken up Wait, who's this? seven months. This Lauren. Becca? No, Lauren. Oh, no. Things just got very interesting. Yeah. So she's recently broken an engagement herself. Her, huh? her wedding date, according to online 
records was July 8th, 2017. She left for filming roughly two months later. But they were broken up in December of 16. So they got engaged in July of 16. Between July and December, they had set their wedding date for the following July, and they broke up in December. So she was seven months removed, nine months removed from uh, a broken engagement, but she was engaged and was set to be married in July of last year. Um, And now she's taking Ari back quickly. And that's another point. It's like, like I said, we don't know enough about her. However, there is a part of me that thinks maybe this girl just feels lonely and why she was so quick to accept Ari back when she's, I mean, here we are in January of 18 and she broke off an engagement in December of 16. So essentially she's only one year removed from a broken engagement and now she gets dumped in November of 17 and two months later accepts the guy back who dumped her. I, it's a lot going on in this girl's life and maybe she's just not handling it well. I don't know. Engagement. She needs a therapist. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she, she does. Um, you know, the other thing that I find really interesting, especially with you telling me, you know, and telling everybody, not just me, about this, about Ari kind of pulling a Mesnick is Ari is really, and I, and Rachel was this way too. They're really pushing the idea that not that they need a relationship, that they need a spouse. Ari said multiple times on the episode last night, like, I need a wife. I'm looking yeah. for a wife. I'm not I looking to wife. date somebody. I'm looking for a wife. Yeah. So for him to end up with a 25-year-old girlfriend kind of is a little hypocritical. What, because of her age or because no, of No, because what? he's ending up with a girlfriend. Because after all of this, he is just walking away with a girlfriend. Yeah, he is to a certain extent. I mean, who knows? I mean, for all we know, at the After the Final Rose, he's going to get engaged to Lauren. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what's planned. Um, I'm sure ABC would love that. But would it be realistic? No. Because when everything went down with Jason and Molly... It was right around this time in 2009. He was about three weeks into the season airing, and they filmed that private closed set of After the Final Rose where he dumped Melissa and asked for to date Molly. And then Jason and Molly started dating from that moment in January, which I believe was right around mid-January, up until the finale and the After the Final Rose. And they came on the After the Final Rose as a couple saying, yeah, we've been dating the last six last six weeks. It's been... Um, you know, whatever the case, you know, things have been going well. And then they just said, we're just going to take it from here and, and see where we go. And then he ended up proposing, I think in October. So they, they went another nine months or seven months from that day that we saw them, but nine months from the time that Jason made the decision before he actually proposed. So I hope Ari doesn't do something stupid and just knowing Ari and kind of not knowing him. I don't know him personally, but Knowing the way he is and knowing his story, it makes me think like this guy is going to be so hell bent on trying to repair his image because 95% of the response today is fuck Ari. Like he's proven exactly what everyone said he was um, with this decision. Something tells me like he he will rush into something silly or I, I don't know, but I'm not holding out hope for the best for these two, unfortunately. You know, I can't even, like, 
imagine, like, when I think about it, like, do I see them together? Do I not? I have no idea. I've never felt less informed about somebody. I mean, usually at this point, like, can you see them having a relationship? Do you see it? All right, guys, real quick, talk to you about tripping.com. Did you know that the average family visits five websites before booking a vacation rental? You can spend less time planning your next trip and more time relaxing with Tripping.com, the world's number one site for vacation rentals. Whether you're looking for a cabin to get away for winter, planning your next beach vacation in Hawaii, or that vacation in Europe where you'll live like a local, Tripping.com can help you find the perfect place to stay. Vacation rentals offer flexibility, perks, and amenities that hotels don't, like multiple bedrooms, backyards, hot tubs, free Wi-Fi, and even fully stocked kitchens so you can have a quick bite on the go or plan and cook your own meals. Great for families and large groups. With Tripping.com, one search lets you filter, compare, and sort over 10 million available properties on trusted sites like Verbo, TripAdvisorBooking.com, and more. Don't wonder if you're getting the best deal. You'll save an average of 18% per night by booking your vacation with Tripping.com. So don't forget, if you want to save time and money while booking the perfect vacation rental for your next trip, head to Tripping.com slash Steve today. That's Tripping.com, T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G.com slash Steve. Now let's get back to Dana Weiss, uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. Okay, sorry about that. We had some technical issues. Don't know what was going on with the phone, but we got uh, Dana back on here, and we're just going to go off regular phone instead of FaceTime audio. Not sure why that didn't work great, but uh, we got you back. And you were basically saying in your last answer, hey, we don't even know enough about Lauren to know if this is something that will last. Exactly. I find, like, it's hard for me to root for her or against her because I don't have – I don't have any idea of who she is. And I think, I mean, I know obviously they didn't know this was how it was going to end, but knowing that she's one of the final two, I'm surprised that they've edited her this way. Edited her in a way that she's been basically invisible, invisible for four episodes. Right. To give so much camera time. I mean, it's like the Corinne edit all over again, but to see people like, Crystal and Chelsea and Becca Martinez getting so much time knowing ultimately they're not even the final four. It's kind of frustrating. And I know that people have always said, well, you know, you can't really blame the edit because they're giving you what the story was. But the story is really about him building these relationships with Becca and Lauren. And I don't think we've really seen either of those stories. No, we haven't. And the only one we saw between the final two girls was Becca getting the first date of the season and probably a date that you enjoyed because it involved, you know, so much clothing, shoes and dresses and <laughs> jewelry and whatnot. Um, and obviously the spoiler was out by then, you know, the spoiler was out since November, but when the first episode airs and this girl gets the first date and it's just like one of the best first dates and a date that most girls who dream about ever going on this show would probably love to have. I mean, it seems like Becca got way more than any previous contestant who got the pretty woman date. Like she got tons of shit. And and not only that, she got, she got to do something on her pretty woman date that we've never seen before. She gets to go back to the house. She gets to go back to the mansion with all of her stuff. And then like, Oh yeah, I still got to go out for the night portion of our date. She has all these bags on her. We've never seen that before. That's never happened before. It's like, wow, that's some pretty, 
I mean, adding up everything that you know about that date, how much shit did she take home, price-wise? Hmm. I don't know how many. I mean, there was easily... Eight thousand, ten thousand dollars worth of, you know, not including the jewelry. I would say she, that was probably close to a ten thousand dollar date. I mean, those shoes alone are over a thousand dollars. You know, each of those dresses are going to be between three hundred and five hundred dollars. So, she went home with a lot of swag. And what I think is interesting is that even going home with all of that stuff. She hasn't really elicited, like, rage from the other women in the same way that someone like Crystal has. Well, because she was fine with talking about coming home from her date and talking about what happened, and Crystal was being so shady about it, you know. Right, but I mean, I don't think that Crystal has elicited envy. I think she's just annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we get to some of the other girls, since, I mean... It's really hard now. I mean, granted, every season is is hard for me sometimes to recap because once I already know who wins, it's like I don't care what he does with other people on other dates. It's not he doesn't pick, right. he doesn't pick them in the end. So what does it matter how he looks at her or how he holds her hand or where they go? Like, great, he doesn't pick her, so who cares? But now we've got two girls at least to look at for the rest of the season. People are going to absolutely dissect every single moment that Ari is with Lauren and Ari is with Becca. If you're Becca now, at this point, obviously the storyline is built in more so than any contestant I can ever remember for being the Bachelorette. Would you do it if you were her, or would you just be like, I I don't want to put myself out there like this. I'm done. Uh, such a hard question. Yeah, I think I'd do it. I think I would do it because I would feel like I had to save face. Mm-hmm. And because everybody loves you know, everybody an underdog loves story. story yeah. An underdog story. And she really, truly is. I mean, talk about being blindsided. To think that you're the winner and you've fallen in love and you've, you're engaged to this man and then find out, oh, wait, the game is not over yet. Yeah, I think I would do it. Um, but if I were her sister or her best friend, I would tell her, run fast and run far. I would not do it. I think that. There's going to be, and I even checked today after I posted because I wanted to see how many people would write on her Instagram comment section. It, yeah, it, she's already getting bombarded with "hang in there," I Becca for hashtag Becca for Bachelorette. You know, please don't let this bring you down. We'd love to see you as Bachelorette. Like it's already out there. And when you when you get and these and these contestants, whether they want to admit it or not, are so hanging on to every single compliment they get on social media. So when she's going to get bombarded with this positivity for the next five weeks, I think that's got to, if she was on the fence, that's got to lean her to doing it because she knows she's got a support of literally all of America. And that's before we've even seen this dumping go down. It's one thing for me to tell everybody what's going to happen, but then to actually watch it play out on March 5th, people are going to be even more feeling sorry for her. How can you not? You know, I agree. And I think that she's got a lot of stuff ahead of her to where I would think I would think she's going to do it. But again, I don't know enough about her to maybe she's just so devastated and is like pissed at the show. Kind of like Melissa Rycroft was. She was pissed because they made her do that and they basically tricked her into showing up. But she had another offer on the table of Dance with the Stars 
and she had Bachelorette, and she had Dancing with the Stars, and she said, no, I'm going with Dancing with the Stars. So Becca's not going to have that option. It's either. It also was a different world. There was oh, yeah. no social media then. You know what I mean? There was. It was such a different world that it really was kind of a blind side to Melissa Rycroft. Now this show, it just, you know, keeps upping the drama ante. And so I think you probably go into this show or any of these shows just like kind of always wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. At least that's how it feels to me when I'm watching it as I'm always waiting for the twist. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I don't know that she can necessarily be as angry at the show as Melissa Rycroft was because it's just a different time. Yeah, and they didn't trick her into, you know, showing up on a closed set or whatever. It wasn't anything like that. Um, It was filmed. But I think that also the difference, I think, with Melissa, I think Melissa always wanted to be in TV. And I don't, Becca doesn't come across to me as somebody that does. Very, you know, she works in PR in Minnesota. Like, she doesn't have any background in TV as far as I know. Melissa Rycroft was a, Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. She was on the making of the DCC show, that show and stuff like that. And then post-show, she obviously did a ton of TV. It's, it's what she always wanted to do. Becca doesn't strike me that way as that's what she's interested in pursuing. So I would actually feel like there's some genuineness to her. And I just think the groundswell of support for her once this finally goes down, I mean, she's already getting, tons of support but once it actually airs and we see it and this is a girl who lost her father eight years ago to a brain tumor and her mother's in cancer remission and she just got an engagement ripped from her like gosh i mean talk about a a story to set up a season my god like it's no it's a no-brainer for abc to want her it's just the balls in her court Right. The real loser in this all is Tia, right? Because she would have been the next Bachelorette. I would think. Uh, Kendall's just a little bit too quirky for this show. It's nothing nothing negative against Kendall. I just think for their lead, I don't think she fits the mold of somebody that they would put as their lead. So that only left Lauren or Tia. And now Lauren is out of the picture. So, sure, it looked like Tia or unless they were, you know, there have been rumors about going back to like they did with, you know, like they did with Nick and, you know, went back someone from the franchise, but somebody that was, you know, from a past season, there Uh are rumors flying around, but now, now it's just, this is Becca's, this is Becca's gig if she wants it. How can it not be? And I'd like to see it. I mean, I think if they don't get Becca or they somehow don't convince her to do it and you do give it to a Tia, not that Tia wouldn't be good in that role, but it would be such a disappointment I think for the audience because it's going to be, we, we want to see this girl like, yeah. Using Becca would be for the show point of view would be great because it's somebody that you're rooting for. It's somebody you want to find love, to find the right person. Oh yeah. And I think that, like I said, there's no other ba- better backstory going into a season than her. The only one you could really compare it to would have been Melissa Rycroft. And she had the opportunity to be the bachelorette and she said no. And, you know, you talk about social media back then with Jason and Molly, how it barely existed, yet you remember the the, the hatred and the vitriol that got thrown Jason and Molly's way? Like they were hated. And this was before Instagram and Twitter were even a thing. I mean Ari's I mean Ari's Ari's already getting a ton of it already. And 
I mean, what did you expect? Did you expect to get love from this decision? Like, no. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how else he could have, but um let's talk about some of the other girls this season. Obviously the biggest focus for the first four episodes has been Crystal. What has been your take on how this is all going down? Crystal is so confusing to me. I've never in my real life and I'm you know, I live in the Midwest, so maybe we just grow them different out here. I've just never experienced somebody like Crystal because she talks like an inspirational poster. Like she talks <laughs> like a poster with like puppies on it, but she's so clueless, like in the way that she carries herself. And I, I have to be honest, I follow her on social media and I keep seeing her saying, you know, it's, it's all in the way it's edited and this and that, but like, how do you say about yourself, I'm intimidating to others and I come across as flawless? Like, that's not editing. Those are the actual words that you say. That's how you're projecting yourself onto the women you're competing with. Yes. And I, you know, I took up for Crystal last week more so for the hatred that she was getting. It's one thing to criticize how this woman is coming across on TV and, hey, Crystal, Maybe you don't see it, but we're seeing it. And maybe you were asked a leading question, which is why you were constantly talking about how great your relationship with is with Ari. We get it. But that's what you get for signing up for the show. You can criticize that. You can criticize how Crystal is coming across on a television show. But there's crossing the line of you're a bitch, you're a whore, no wonder your family doesn't talk to you which is what she was getting last week. And that's where... Yeah, well, that's just decent, you know, human decency. Like, just yeah. don't talk to anybody that way. Yeah. But she's taking, I, you know, she's she's now started to, I think, addressed it for the first time last week with a post. And she's saying, guys, this show is filmed 20 hours a week or 20 hours a day. You're only seeing 1% of it. And again, I hate, it just, it's a very slippery slope when you start going to that card because you did say it it might have been um you know obviously some things are being shown out of order some things are being shown in a voiceover where she might be answering something completely different but there were plenty of things in tuesday night's episode or monday night's episode where crystal was seen as you could tell why she rubbed girls the wrong way like she was just literally saying things that if you're a girl in that environment who isn't saying those things, you'd be like, why is she acting like this? And I, you know, she can, I know she's going to defend herself on social media and she has every right to, but it's going to fall on a lot of deaf ears. The only thing she doesn't deserve is the hatred, but she deserves to be, you, she, sorry, Crystal, when you signed up, you are signing up to be criticized and you will be criticized but no, she doesn't deserve hate. And there's a there's a line there. And right, because I think that we as viewers, we as viewers have to remember we actually don't know these people. I don't hate Crystal. Yeah. The person I'm watching on TV is very, you know, condescending, and I think she's disingenuous. Those are all observations of somebody I'm watching on TV, and I think that. As viewers, we have a right to voice our observations. What we don't have a right to do is voice things that are hateful. Like, you know, as you're saying, like, 
it's one thing to say, oh, you know, we we all make jokes, and sometimes I cross the line, and I'm sure sometimes you cross the line. I'm sure everybody crosses the line because we're watching a TV show and we're sort of critiquing it as it goes. But those aren't personal statements against the people that these are. I'm sure Crystal is a fantastic fitness guru, and I'm sure she's lovely and she's supportive of her family, and that whatever I see on TV doesn't take away from all the good in her. But if you're going to try to make yourself the victim because you had an early one-on-one day, you, you open yourself up to people having a reaction to that. People are allowed to react to what you do to them, and people are allowed to react to what they see you do. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. And they're reacting to how you acted when you sat there talking to Caroline and Tia, where it seemed like you were above everybody else. Um it just doesn't make a lot of sense and she can sit there and defend it all she wants and be like, well, you don't see the other conversations I'm having, but I'm just saying she's losing. She's fighting. Um, she's fighting a losing battle doing all that just because we're never going to see the other footage that it didn't air. So there's no point in trying to convince people that, Oh, but there was other stuff. It's like, okay. You know, I believe you, but we can't react to that. We can only react to the information we're given, just like those women can only react to the things that you say to them. And when you signed a contract to come on this show, whether you were naive about it or not, which it sounds like she's been very naive to this process, because two weeks ago she said she didn't even own a TV. So it's almost like they preyed on her. She's very similar to Olivia Caridi in that sense, in that Olivia, who I've spoken to numerous times, was just... Her biggest fault was putting too much trust into her producer, and that I—it's almost eerily similar how Crystal is coming across is the same way that Olivia came across, constantly bragging about her connection with Ari, and you know. And the thing is, though, when you sign on the contract to this show, the contract literally states we can do anything to your character, and you have no say. So, if you don't want anybody to possibly criticize something you might say or do on the show, then don't go on it. It's the best possible thing but it does suck that she has to deal with vile hatred that is just beneath like lowest level stuff and it's it's unfortunate it really sucks it's unfortunate that anybody has to deal with that stuff i completely agree with you so i have a question for you i've always wanted to ask you this yeah do people ever call you or email you and say hey i'm going to be on this show do you have any advice this so that I don't look like an idiot. Somebody has in the past, but they never got on. Are you saying somebody huh. that knew they were going on? Yeah, like how do no. I how do I coordinate this so that my producer doesn't make me look <laughs> no. like a lunatic? No, it always seems to be after the fact. To, <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to give that advice. Like, what advice would you give to somebody who knew they were going on this show? So that they didn't get the Crystal edit. So they didn't get the Olivia edit. I've never gotten somebody who knew they were going on the show contact me beforehand. But I have gotten people that said, I applied and I'm waiting to hear back. Or I'm thinking of applying, what is your advice? And I've told every single one of them the same thing. Don't do it. Because as good and as positive as an experience it can be, unless you have just ridiculously thick skin, which most 23 to 27 year old women don't it's yes there are perks that come from it and yes you you see what other contestants have done and 
promote stuff on Instagram and basically quit their job and this show becomes their life. And it's worked out for some people and some people are making 10 to 20 grand a month doing Instagram posts. Yes, I get it. But number one, those people are few and far between. And number two, there's plenty of negativity that comes along with this show. And I just don't think um, everyone is up for it. In fact, most people aren't cut out for it. And I tell people don't do it. You know, do they listen to me? No. Um, I'm sure they still went and applied. Uh, none of them ever got cast, but, uh, I just, I just don't think it's worth it. I think, but, but I get why they don't listen to me because they're young and they see the girls before them and they realize they can get better guys and they can be part of the family and they can hit on other guys some other seasons now and other guys will hit on them and it'll be basically joining this new sorority where they'll get a bunch of new friends and yeah you get a bunch of new friends but honestly a lot of those friends are very surface level friends they're they're friends with you because you have a status on this show or you lasted a certain amount of time and you know that's if that's what you want to do you know go ahead i but my to answer your question i tell them no every single time but i don't think anybody ever listens to me <laughs> i mean it's just i mean i wish somebody who was going on the show told me, hey, I'm set to go on, I'm ready to go, and what should I do, what should I say? I mean, honestly, there's really nothing I can say to them, even if I did tell them, hey, just be sure not to say this, because we know that the producers will ask the same question 10 different ways to get the answer that they want, and I don't think most of these people, even knowing that going in, would be able to avoid falling into that bear trap. That's what I think. I think you're right. I just wish sometimes it would happen. It'd be great. It'd be, it, but in the past. I know, but don't tell them all not to do it or we won't have a job. <laughs> well, trust me, they'll still find people to do this show because I could say it until I'm blue in the face. And I have been saying it until I'm blue in the face since I've had my website. Like this show is going to screw you and it's going to manipulate you. They don't care about you. You, the second your season is over, every producer that was hitting you up and telling you how great of friends they were with you immediately drop you once the next season starts they're going to pretend they're your friend they're going to say all the best things and all the nice things to get you to buy into them and to get you to open up to them but that's their job they don't care about you and your yesterday's news the next time the season uh, once the next season starts and um unfortunately some people have found that out the hard way who do you think is, like, the biggest Bachelor winner? Like, the one person who's walked out from this show totally unscathed? It's a good question. I've been asked it before in my reader emails, and I'm trying to remember. Are we talking – now, when you say winner, are we talking post-show like career? Like, po no, not just like that, because – Money? You know, like Ali Fedotowski. No, just, like, somebody who walked out who – got a great edit so is part of the franchise like who's the golden child of the franchise like well, Sean, Sean Lowe Sean Lowe yeah Sean and Catherine just because I mean they're always brought back Ben Higgins is in that he's in that realm I don't think he's number one but he's in that realm they love him um and he never had I mean he took some heat obviously for saying I love you to Jojo and Lauren but in terms of golden child of the show if you phrase it that way it's absolutely Sean Lowe I don't think that there's any question that he's the number one guy because he's the only male to marry the final girl that he chose. So out of 22 seasons. So yeah, I mean, he would be considered number one, but then, yeah, there's other ways to look at it in terms of job wise. 
who's made the most money, who's had the best post-show career. Well, if I were to ask you that, who do you think has the best post-show career? Um, Jillian, maybe? Yeah, you know, she's, she went top, on. she's top three to me, I think. You know, no scandals surrounding her. Went on to have a career in what she wanted to do. I mean, it is in entertainment, but she never... But it was still in, you know, decor, yeah, home decor and stuff. Like, it never veered off brand for her. Yeah. So I think I would say Jillian. Jillian's, Jillian's up there. I think Melissa Rycroft, post-show, oh, has for sure very good career. Um, Allie's done well for herself. She's done TV. She's, yeah, Allie's done well for herself. I'm, now let me think of some of the guys. Ben Higgins, I would say, is post-show as well. He's he's done well. Sean's done well. You know, Juan Pablo, no. Chris Souls, no. No, definitely <laughs> yeah. no. No, definitely no. Um, uh, you know, our boy Nick, bleh, whatever. Um, who else? Who are some of the other bachelors? Jason Mesnick has done well post-show, but never he never did anything in the – television world career-wise yeah but i don't think of mesnick as like bachelor brand like i think he and molly the thing i think that was so smart and probably saved jason and molly's reputations getting out of la relationship was that they never sought the spotlight yeah you know and they just went back and said we're gonna have a life in seattle and i have to tell you i've met molly and jason on multiple occasions they are the nicest people they really are wonderful. They just like really like each other, and they're nice people. Eight years so. they've been married. It's crazy to think that that was that whole scandal was How nine years ago. How about Trista? She's still married. She's got kids. Yeah, post show. She's done well. Bachelorette. She uh, she had a baby clothing line for a while. I think I don't. She might still have it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess when you're talking bachelors. It really starts at my guess would be what Brad's second season. So every bachelor since then, because that's when kind of social media took off. So you're looking at Ben Flanick. Ben was already somewhat successful in the wine business before he did the bachelor. Uh, and then you got Sean, Juan Pablo, Chris Souls, Ben, Nick, and then, um, and then Ari. So, yeah, a I'd mixed say, bag. I, yeah, I, and then, and then, I yeah, you got to say Sean Lowe and Ben Higgins, I, the two probably most revered from the franchise themselves. Not saying every fan loves them, but the franchise itself probably loves them the most. I would think. Safe to say. Yeah, I think I would agree. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I can't really think of any other guys, and I don't want to go back back earlier than Brad's second season. I mean, are we really going to talk about Charlie O'Connell and Andy Baldwin? And I mean, people nowadays don't even remember those people or their seasons. So yeah, or like there's like a Travis Stork who's super successful, but yeah. on his own, you know, you would never equate him with The Bachelor. Yeah, people you, always say, "Oh my God, you know that guy from The Doctors was once The Bachelor." Yeah, he is Travis Stork of the Doctors who used to be a bachelor, not, you know, somebody now that's more, you know, Ben Higgins is known for bachelor stuff and Sean Lowe is known for bachelor stuff. So 
Well, thank you so much, uh, Dana, for coming on. Sorry, we had sorry everyone that we had a little difficulties with the audio in the first twenty minutes or so. But um, I thank you for coming on. I think you provided some really good insight because I really wanted to talk to somebody about just trying to get in these people's shoes and figuring out what to do and how how it was handled and all this stuff. And if you're Lauren and if you're Becca, where your head is kind of at right now. And I know you've got your pulse on this franchise. So um, I cannot wait to see how it all unfolds. Oh my God. You know, I feel like ABC should be cutting you a check because you know, so many more people are going to be tuning in now. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like I, I tweeted out earlier today. It's days like today that makes me, just scratch my head about why they don't publicly like what I do and have come after me in the past and did come after me in December with a cease and desist and haven't followed up with anything since, but you know, I guess it's still out there or maybe they're still mad or whatever, but what I did today absolutely was just a shot of adrenaline into a four week show that has been the lowest rated season they've had ever. So don't tell me that people aren't going to tune in after what I wrote today because they are. I mean, it's just, that's just fact. People are going to want to see it play out. The people that like me and the people that follow me are going to be like, wow, let's see how it plays out. And the people that hope I'm wrong or the people that want me to be wrong will be like, I got to see how this plays out. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's the way it is. And yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate the kind words and, um, but thank you again for coming on and we will, uh, we will, certainly do this again in the future sounds great talk to you soon thanks dana thank you to dana for that i really appreciate her taking the time to do that and i again i apologize for what went on in that first 20 minutes i thought it was just like it was only going to happen once or twice and then when i got up to about four or five times it was a bit much and i was just like we gotta let me call you back and and do it And i didn't want to i could have re-recorded that 20 minutes with her but i didn't want to do that so if in those first 20 minutes, you hear a couple of her answers that might not make sense. It's because there was about four or five seconds where her phone would just go dead air. And then all of a sudden it would pick up and she'd be at the end of her sentence. So I just took out the dead air. Um, so yeah, there might be some things that don't make sense in those first 20 minutes. So bear with us, but everything in the last, um, 25 minutes, obviously there were no audio hiccups that I heard. So, um, again, thank you to her for that. And thank you all for listening to podcast number 62. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts because that is certainly going to help the podcasts, our last four, and even ones before that. But recently, once Apple Podcasts has made changes to how podcasts are recorded and downloaded and what the numbers are, all four of our our last four podcasts have all reached the top 10 on Apple Podcasts, some even in the top five, so... If you could make that happen again, be very appreciative of it. It would be great. And we will be back next week with podcast number 63, which, wow, can't believe we're at 63. So, again, thank you to Dana for coming on. Thank you all for listening. And we will talk to you next week with podcast number 63. See you.